Thank you for listening to this message from Tree of Life Church. Our prayer is that it will be a blessing to you and that you will find it helpful for life. So open up your heart to receive God's word for you. We're going to continue on with our series. We have one more next week. But today I do, kind of my uh, remarks are directed more towards men. But what I love about the word, the word is alive and powerful. And there's things for everyone to pull out of the scripture. So don't anybody check out this morning. on. Don't check out, ladies. Don't check out if you're not a dad. This is really for men or, or whatever. Don't check out. I, I remember, I was thinking about this first service. My, my mom's here on the front row. I remember, I can't tell you how many women's meetings I was in. Women's conferences. I couldn't get out of any of them as son or as employee. I sat, I listened to all. I was singing all the songs for women, about women, and hearing all the scriptures. But what I do remember, I can't tell you how many of the meetings I've been in. What I do remember is I walked away with something every single time. Because the word is alive, amen? And it's powerful. And let me just say this, ladies, if you don't feel like this is for you, then I would beg to differ, Howard, but at least extend your faith on behalf of the men in your life or the men round about you, amen? And we can get a vision for that so we know better how to pray and the things to speak over their lives and to encourage them in. So I just want you to be mindful of that. Let's start with our foundational scripture, Matthew 7. The importance of everything we do is not just hearing the word. We don't wanna just be a hearer of the word, but we wanna be a doer. So it's the application. So... In Matthew, it says this, therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine or the words I'm sharing from the word and puts them into practice doesn't just listen, but does what they say. It's like a wise man. You are wise when you do the word of God. Why? Because it's building your house upon a rock. There is no greater foundation in this world than the word of God. The Bible says, let heaven and earth pass away. One thing will remain, that is my word. There is no foundation that will stand the tests and trials of time other than the word. Don't build your family, don't build your marriage, don't build your life upon man's word or or pop culture or cultural Christianity or the things that society's doing or legislation. Build it on the word. It goes on to say, here's why, because the rain will come, the streams will rise, the winds will blow, and they will beat against your house, yet it will not, cannot, could not fall or fail because it has its foundation on the rock. Amen. Good news. So let's not just be hearers of the word. We have to be doers. It goes on to say the next couple of verses, it talks about those who are foolish or unwise to listen to the words and not apply them to life because you have no foundation that will stand the wind, the rain, the, when the waters rise and beat against the house, it will fall. So really you determine that. You determine that because the word is true. How much of the word are you gonna walk in? And can I say this, not even how much of the word are you gonna believe in, but how much of the word you're gonna walk in? If you gotta walk it out in faith, the believing will come later when you see the results because the word works, Amen. So you determine that. So take the limits off. Listen to the word of God today and make sure especially that we apply it to our life and not just leave here with just a great message, but leave here determined to be wise people, wise men and build our house upon the rock. Talk about building a great family. My title today is when men take the lead. And it's so important, men, for us to stand in that place. This is not a guilt trip this morning, not a get on the men kind of thing. I don't do that. In fact, I love to speak to the men. One of my favorite things to do is the men's breakfast. In fact, I believe we have one coming up in July. Men, you all need to all come out for every time we have a men's meeting, you need to come out and be a part of that. And But uh, this, I think, is really gonna be in, uh, inspiring, encouraging for us. Um, and I think it reveals more, the message today reveals more where we're at as men and looking ahead to be what God has called us to be. And really, the message kind of comes not just from looking at men today or men around the world or however you want to say that, but really kind of comes from looking at women today. 
and what women are doing and roles and things that women are doing. And let me just be honest, and I, I'm, I am pro-women and I'm all for strong women leaders and all that kind of stuff. In fact, this church was pastored for four years by a great female woman pastor. In fact, in this area, 20 something years ago, that was unheard of, uncommon and not very popular. But my mom pastored this church after my dad passed away for four years and it grew and did great things for God and just continues to thrive today, amen? So, so this is not... Get on men, and this is not anti-women in any way, shape, or form. I, I wanted to share the word and in our observation. I think there's women in places and things today. I'm all for strong women and great women leaders. There's many of them. But I think sometimes women find themselves in places and position because the men won't stand up and do it. And I, and I think that, thank goodness that somebody will. But I think there's something we need to really take a look at men and make sure we're doing our part. And maybe sometimes we're not because we just don't realize it. We just don't know. And so again, this morning, it's not a, a bad, a guilt kind of thing, man bashing, I, I wouldn't do that. But I, but I hope it's inspiring and positive to see how we can rise to that next place, rise to the place rather that God has for us. But my observations would come just again, looking around me and I don't know if you know this or not, but today there are more women than men in college and universities. There are more women than men in the workforce. There are more women and men in the church. There are more women than men volunteering in the church. And so you kind of see that trend becoming more and more prevalent. And again, I don't think it's because there's so many more women on the earth than men. I think there's so many more men kind of lost or confused and not walking in the place that God intended for them to walk in. And so this morning, my hope is to look at these things and help us find that place that we're to be. The bottom line is, men, we need to take, we need to be leaders or the leaders God intended for us to be. Amen? Amen. So what do we do? Let's start here. Understand this, and we all do, that sin creates a problem. And that is the problem of this world. Sin came in. Sin creates a problem. But we also know that Jesus took care of the problem. That's good news. Amen. Jesus took care of the sin problem. And when he does, or when you give your heart, your life to him because of the work he did taking care of the sin problem, then you have spiritual victory. So when Jesus comes, takes care of a problem, he does so spiritually. So when you come to God in the spirit, it's done. It's already done. So the sin problem in the world is taken care of. And when you come to Jesus Christ, spiritually, that's already taken care of. But understand, naturally now, you have some things to do. You have some practical things to do to be a doer of the word, some things to walk in. The good news is the battle's been won. Jesus won it on the cross and for coming again, uh, alive, resurrection power and took care of the sin issue. But let's understand there's some things now we need to walk in. So spiritually, it's already been paid. It's already been done, but we now have to walk in it. And so now we need to change our thinking today because what I'm gonna share today, I will say and confidently that it will be challenged by the world. It has been challenged, it is challenged, will continue to be because the things of God are always challenged by the world, challenged by the enemy because the enemy doesn't want you walking it out. But I wanna challenge and inspire you men. I want you to change your mind or change your thought about this and become the man God's wanting you to become. Let's start with Judges 5.2. Let me read this for you, Judges 5.2. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the princes in Israel, understand it's not when the king takes the lead, when the prophet takes the lead, talking Old Testament, it's not when the princesses take the lead, it says when the princess, princes or when the men in the nation of Israel take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, so when the men willingly offer themselves to take the lead as it is intended, now listen, what's the result? Say it with me, what's the result? Praise the Lord. It means then when the men do what God's called them to do, the world doesn't say, bad man, bad man, back down. What do you think you're doing? The world says, praise the Lord. 
It's good news when men, men, it's good news. It doesn't uh, trample anybody or disrespect. It's good news when the men take the lead. It's interesting, this scripture right here, I don't know if you know this, but this scripture was written by a woman. This scripture right here was written, written by a woman. In fact, her name is Deborah. And Deborah is the only female in all of biblical history, Old and New Testament, the only female to ever lead the people of Israel. She's the leader. Only ever, it's the only time it ever happened, Deborah, Old Testament, New Testament, and all of biblical history, only one time has a woman taken the lead of the people of Israel. And she is writing this scripture. She's saying, I'm in the lead here, but can I just tell you something? Oh my goodness, when the men in Israel take the lead willingly, what a beautiful thing that is or that will be. I mean, I'm doing this now because probably I kind of, I have to, but when the men take their place, oh, the whole country's gonna shout. When the men take their place, even though I'm leading Israel, I'll be the first one to say, yeah, let's go. Come on, man. I love that. Come on. Come on, ladies, at least ladies. Come on, give, show some love there. And it's not like, yeah, that's right. What are you doing? I told you to be a leader. <laughs> the whole world. Well, the men takes that place that God intended for them. And I think that there's something to be learned from Deborah in this place because understand when you, when you keep reading about uh, Deborah, um, her heart is with Israel's princes and she's doing it because she has to do it. And in fact, that she is kind of, uh, the Bible goes on to say that in a couple scriptures down that she was a mother in Israel. But she had to take the lead. But oh, the day when the men take the lead is God intended. We're gonna shout and celebrate and rejoice when the men take the lead. I tell you, that's an amazing thing to understand. She says, if they will take the lead, if they'll willingly offer themselves, I'm looking forward to that day. Can I say, we all are. We step into that place. As a church, when the men step into the place, the leaders in here, man, that's a great thing, a great day. So men, let's be a part of change. Let's do it. Uh, Let's go to the beginning of the problem. We need to go to the origins. When you want to understand and you're studying the Bible, how something came to be, you need to go to the first place that you see it in scripture. It's studying the origins or, or, or the genesis of something. We need to go to Genesis then, the, the book of the beginning in Genesis. And we're all impacted by the actions of Adam. We agree when God created the earth and he put man here. Adam comes to earth, God, rather God creates him. God made Adam first. He made him the head of the family. And so God creates Adam to be the head of the family and then he creates woman to be a helper. Now, let me say this, women. I'm not speaking negative. A woman being a helper is not a negative thing. It's a very powerful thing. It's not anti-women. It's not a slam. Because understand this, the scripture says that God is an ever-present help in time of need. Our God is a helper. The Bible says that when Jesus left, he left so he could send the Holy Spirit or the helper, comforter, counselor, guide, advocate. So listen, we're in, there's good company being a helper. God is a helper in time of need and the Holy Spirit was sent to be our helper. So it's not a negative. It's just an order that God had established. And so uh, understand that God puts them together and they work side by side and all's great until Genesis 3. So in Genesis 3, we know the story somewhat. Satan comes along, deceives Eve, and we know that Adam's standing right there because it says after she took a bite of the apple, she turned to her husband and gave it to him. So he's standing right beside her, watching, listening, and he doesn't do anything about it. Now, he didn't act, uh, perform a, a, a sin of commission just to be theological with you. He didn't commit that sin per se. He committed a sin of omission, 
by standing by the side and not being the leader God intended him to be. And so who do you think God held responsible for the act in the garden? Was it Eve who committed the sin or man who stood by and didn't do anything as a leader? I mean, we want to hold the woman responsible. It's this woman you gave me, Lord, right? But God holds Adam responsible. Why? Because he wasn't being the leader God intended for him to be. And so he's responsible because he's responsible. Not better, but he's responsible. And he advocates his leadership role. That's what he did. That's the sin committed, if you will, if Adam committed one. He advocates his leadership role. And now God holds Adam responsible because the man is supposed to take the lead. He's supposed to be responsible. And so I want you to understand something here. Men are not better, they're just responsible. God did not create men better, he just made them responsible. Listen, I'm not better in my household, I'm just responsible as the head of my household. You understand this? I'm not better in this church but I am responsible because God set me in as the head of this church. In fact, the Bible says that I'll be judged more strictly than you will because I'll stand before God one day, not because I'm better, but because I'm leader. You get that here? That's very sobering, in fact. I'm just responsible. So that's what we're talking about here. So I want you to understand what the Bible's talking about. It's not better, but responsible. Each person's responsible for their own sin, But God puts additional responsibility on the man because God has called him to lead. So we're responsible. So God in his great mercy, the good news is God in his great mercy went looking for Adam. And by the way, men, listen, God in his great mercy is looking for you and I today. When we don't stand in that place, God doesn't give up on us. He still sees us as a leader. He still calls us as a leader. He still believes in us. He still looks for us. He still wants us. And he still sees the leader inside of us regardless of what we've done. He is still calling us today. Amen? And so I want to teach you something here. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into this idea of leadership and sin and what God's trying to do here. And I I don't want to get real, I don't know, I'm a little torn here. I want to make sure it's clear. It's going to be really kind of a little teaching here for a moment, but I want you to hang in here with me because it's so important what I want to say. So Adam and Eve fell, we know that, and he made the sin of omission and he didn't take his place as a leader. So God, out of love, disciplines them, okay? So God, out of love, disciplines them. In Hebrews, the Bible says that he'll, he disciplines those he loves. And, and so here's a, a failure here by Adam and Eve, and so God lovingly disciplines them. And I think it's important to understand he did it out of love, not out of anger, And can I say probably, and here's just a side note, most of our discipline in our lives happen out of anger and that's wrong because discipline is to change a behavior associated with a value. And so discipline should always be attached with a principle and you didn't place a value here, so I'm disciplining you out of love so you'll understand the value of something. Right, That should be what this, not because you're mad and they made you mad, so you're gonna make them mad or make them pay a price. Come on, that's wrong. I'm just saying that's wrong. We're not going there today, but dads, let me tell you, don't discipline out of anger. Discipline out of love, attach a principle to it that there's a value of something that was violated. And so God, as a good heavenly father, is disciplining here, here out of love, not because he's mean. The goal of discipline isn't to be mean, but to teach the value of something. We need to understand that. Discipline should be done out of love to teach the value of something. In other words, discipline should be attached with a principle. So God's discipline of Adam and Eve is to teach them the value of something. To Adam, he will be reminded the value of being a leader or taking responsibility. 
So what is he teaching Adam? The value of being a leader. You're standing there in a leadership role and you didn't do anything. So I'm lovingly gonna teach you and you'll know that you need to step up into that place and take the lead. And so that's what God's trying to do. Well, let me explain it a little further, hopefully make it a little more clear for you. Let's look at Genesis 3, 16. New Living Translation, listen to this. This is God now addressing Eve giving her her discipline. Then he said to the woman, I will sharpen the pain of your pregnancy and in pain you'll give birth. Now listen to this next phrase. And you will desire, desire is not really a good English translation. Other, other uh, translations will say desire, but this goes on a little further. And you will desire to control your husband, but he will rule over you. How interesting. Listen to that. And listen, that's a big thing in the world today. Really, what is happening right here? God's discipline or curse is coming and now he says that you will desire to control your husband but he will rule over you. And that's not what God intended. God intended for him to take his lead. He's not better, he's just responsible. He didn't do it, so now God's creating through discipline a way to remind him that you need to be a leader. But because you weren't, you're gonna be reminded over and over again of this. Then it goes on to say this in 17. To Adam, he said, because you listened to your wife and ate the fruit from the tree about which I commanded you, you must not eat from it. Curse, here's the curse. Curse is the ground because of you. Through painful toil, you'll eat food from it all the days of your life. Through painful toil, it goes on to say this, it will produce thorns and thistles for you and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your brow, you'll eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken for dust you are to be dust you will return. From dust you came, dust you will return. What is God doing here? In love, not to be mean, he's reminding them how important, reminding Adam how important it is to take responsibility as a leader. We work hard, we suffer today, we work hard long days, you come home, you're tired, you're worn out, you're, you're dealing with thistles and thorns, people or whatever that is, and you know what? It's a reminder to you and I to take your lead as God always intended. Oh, we're dealing with strife and conflict in our house and you know it's a reminder for you and I to be the leader God has called us to be because when men take the lead, everybody else shouts praise the Lord, amen? The good news is God, when he established this discipline out of love to be a reminder of her position, a role to take the lead, men, listen, he came, the second Adam came, the Bible says the second Adam came as Jesus and he broke the curse. Listen, we're not trying to live with a curse. Curse is not meant to be lived with, it's meant to be broken and the second Adam Jesus came to break the curse off of mankind amen so what that means is back to our original comments when you become born again you step into a place where that curse has been spiritually broken but now there's some things naturally you have to do to be the leader that's good news but here's the thing a lot of people don't So there's people still living under the curse because number one, they've not given their heart to Jesus and the things that we described and I'll describe further are there operating in our life or number two, they've given their heart and life to Jesus and the curse has been spiritually broken off their life but they're not walking in the blessing and benefit of it because they're not doing the things they're supposed to do, right? But it's there. Hey, the hard work, guys, has already been done. The thing's already been broken. That's the hard part. Jesus already did it. We have the easy part. What? Like Deborah said, take the lead and we'll all shout praise the Lord. But we have to do something about that. We have to do something about that. It's for you and I to do, to walk in. 
We need to do something about that. Uh, let, me, let me just show it to you. 1 Corinthians 15, 45 through 48 says this. So it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living being. The last Adam, a life-giving spirit. The spiritual did not come first, but the natural, and after that, the spiritual. The first man was of the dust of the earth. The second man is of heaven. As was with the earthly man, so are those who are of the earth. And as is the heavenly man, so also are those who are of heaven. If Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, you're, this is not your home. Heaven is your home. You're of heaven. The curse has been broken off your life, amen, because of the work of the second Adam. Therefore, you don't have to operate under the curse, but take the lead. You're not better, you're just responsible. And what we see happen here is a reminder. Oh, oh, okay, this is going on. Okay, wait a minute, that's been broken. Okay, I need to step up then and take the lead. So it's important, men, take the lead. Hey, listen, this has been going on for centuries. The curse is still being displayed in 2016, is it not? Absolutely, we see it everywhere. And I want us to see it so we can change it. I think it's important for us to see it so we can change it because sometimes we just don't know or don't realize but let me help show you making some of my observations. Let me give you some ways that I see it being displayed in 2016 in response to dealing with the curse. Number one, I say it this way, superiority. In dealing with the curse, we're like, we think it's okay. And if that's the curse, it's okay. Then my response is gonna be by being superior to you. You're not gonna rule over me. I'm gonna be superior to you. And when we get to that place of responding through superiority, we have things like toughness. What does that look like? Toughness. Men express it in toughness. No sissy stuff around here. We're not gonna be that way around here. No hugs, no I love you. Men, listen, you need to hug your wife and your kids and you need to tell them over and over again how much you love them. Don't respond out of being tough. Well, they know. They know, they should know. They got a roof over that. You know what, you need to show them. But our response sometimes wrongly to dealing with the curse it's sometimes out of superiority or, or toughness is one of those things that we'll walk in. Success, another expression, success. Here's how much I, I did more than you did. What did you contribute? I did this. You focus on your victories and display your trophies. Look what I did. Look what I got. Another way it's expressed out of superiority is intimidation or bullying, short-tempered or anger. I wouldn't do that if I was you. You don't wanna go there with me. Do you really wanna do this now? Expressed sometimes in bossiness. I have to be in charge. I'm the head of this. You must submit, which is taken wrongly. I have to take over. Every situation, I'm in control. I'm a control freak. And you know what that is? That is men trying to respond to a curse that's already been broken off their life through superiority. Another way we respond is through subservience, being subservient. And that's not like being superior it's the exact opposite, but that's a response. And it's expressed in passivity. Sure, that's fine, whatever, whatever you wanna do. Yeah, it's okay, no, it doesn't matter, whatever. Extreme passivity. Another way is through introversion, keeping to themselves. I'm just gonna go work hard all day and when I get home, I'm checking out. Where's the TV? I'm gonna go out in the garage and work on a project. I'm gonna go out in the yard, I'll be out in the yard till it's time to go to bed. And we're home, but we're not really home. And so a lot of people, a lot of men's response rather through the curse, if you will, they respond that way. Or for some, it's excessive humor. It's expressing excessive humor. They turn everything into a joke. Everyone loves you, but no one respects you. You take things too far. Everything's a joke to you. What is that? That's a response. Another one would be hyper-spirituality. 
Now, what I mean by that is if the people around you are embarrassed of you, then you might look at how you're acting. And you've heard the saying that sometimes you can be so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. That's a response. Another response I would say is irresponsibility. Irresponsibility. Here's how we respond to the curse. You can't be counted on. It's expressed in abdication. You just let someone else do it. You think someone else will take care of it. Just let somebody else take care of it. Let somebody else do it. I don't, I don't want to, I'm not going to do that. Or unforgiveness. You're upset with someone and you won't do anything about it. You're blaming someone for the way you are. And there might be some truth to some things they've done, but we need to take some responsibility. Independence is another way. I don't need you. I'll figure it out. No submission to authority. Don't want to commit to anything. And again, under irresponsibility, entitlement. You think you're owed something. And isn't that the world we live in today? I'm amazed at how many people, especially young people, think they're owed something. And I think the government's helped create that, just to be quite honest with you. This entitlement thing. That's the wrong response to the curse. That's where it's kind of come from. And we're raising a generation like that. That's responding to the curse the wrong way. Another way through immaturity. Immaturity. We're immature. We have 30-year-olds acting like they're 18-year-olds. We have 22-year-olds acting like they're 13-year-olds. We didn't grow up with our age. And because of immaturity, it's expressed in ways like immorality. Especially in today's world. Crazy warped views of women, crazy warped views of sex. Immaturity. But that's available in so much more today. Uh, Immaturity leads to financial mismanagement. There's people, young people today, that don't have any clue about money. No clue. I mean, you ask people about budgets, they don't have a clue. You know, it's interesting, my wife does this a lot. When we go to the store and she's paying cash, she'll pay over the amount asked so she gets an even amount back. Like instead of getting a handful of change, she'll pay a little extra. Try that. They look at you like, oh no, you've given me way too much. It's like, no, that's because I want, no, I, you know, it's just, anyways, there's no clue that today, that's a a response, immaturity. Uh, Another response in immaturity is fantasy. And let me say it this way, video game crazy. Video, I'm not against video games, but listen, it can get out of hand. And so, someone said this, video games are like electron, electronic daydreams. Going to escape, going to my escape place. You know what it is for men, it's extended adolescence. It's not, it's not living in the real world. And can I say this, man, and, and if, you know, if I'm your pastor, you gotta love me anyways or whatever that is. <laughs> but listen, you don't need to be staying up to three o'clock in the morning playing video games and then sleeping in. Go get a job. Get out and do something. You're responding wrong. I knew that was at least one place I'd get a big response from the women there. I just knew that one. If I was feeling bad, get to that point right away. Pick me right back up. But that's the wrong response to the curse. Men, that's the wrong response. And let me give you the last one. Expressed in through immaturity, through dishonor. Through dishonor. That men don't know how to treat women today. It's a loss. Chivalry's dead. It's lost. And they don't know how to treat authority. And they're not cops, they're police. And they put their life on the line. All our first responders, in fact, our military. We don't know how to respond to that. Appreciate them. Thank them. We don't know how to respond to our parents anymore. The Bible says to honor your father and mother. When you're not a child, you don't have to obey. I love my mom. I'm 48 years old. I, I listen and take her advice and counsel, but I don't have to obey. I'm not a child anymore, but I do have to honor her and respect her and my spouse. 
right? And my uh, older generations, older generations, we've lost that a little bit. Listen, you know what that is? That's the wrong response to the curse. That's responding to the curse in the wrong way. Let's take a look at Judges 5-2 again. When the princes in Israel take the lead, when the men take the lead, when the people willingly offer themselves, everybody shouts, praise the Lord. If you would just take the lead, but they don't. Let's jump down to verse 15, 15 through 18. Let's take a look at this real quick. Here's the response, the princes of Issachar. Now Issachar is one of the 12 tribes. So the men of Issachar were with Deborah. We're with you, Deborah. We're willingly taking the lead with you. Yes, Issachar was with Barak, sent under his command into the valley, into the districts of Reuben, or I'm sorry, in the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. Why did you stay among the sheep pens to hear the whistling for the flocks? In the districts of Reuben, there was much searching of heart. What he's saying, the men of Reuben were indecisive. I don't know what I should do. I mean, this is going on and they're, they're asking us to do this, but the men of Reuben were indecisive. Don't be like a Reubenite, men, and be indecisive. Gilead, the men of Gilead stayed beyond the Jordan. What that means is there was an obstacle in the way. I don't know, here's the Jordan, it's an obstacle. How are we gonna get by that? So the men of Gilead don't be like the men of Gilead and have all these excuses and all I didn't step up to take the lead because this was in the way. I didn't step up to take the lead because this was happening. Get rid of the excuses. It goes on to say this, and Dan, oh, no, back up for a second. And Dan, the, the men of Dan, why did he linger by the ships? Why is he, he's too busy. I'm too busy. I got too much stuff going on. I got a job. I'm working. I can't take the lead. I'm too busy right now. Let somebody else do it. Asher remained on the coast and stayed in his coves. He was having a good time on vacay. He was uncomfortable. He didn't want to get out of his coves. He didn't want to leave. He was, I don't want to take the lead. I'm comfortable. I'm good like this goes on to say this, but the people of Zebulon risked their very lives. They risked their lives. And so did Naphtali on the terrace fields. So not everyone did, but don't be like those that say, I'm too busy. I can't take the lead. I'm too comfortable. I can't take the lead. There's too many obstacles. I don't know if I should, if I shouldn't listen. We need to be of the men that are willing to risk our very lives to step into the place God has called us and asked us to be. And when we do, all the people rejoice and celebrate. Take the lead. Take the lead. That's what God intended. That's what God wants from you. What do we do? How do we do? Galatians 3.13, message paraphrase, says this. Christ redeemed us from that self-defeating, cursed life by absorbing it completely into himself. Do you remember the scripture that says, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree? Goes on to say this. That is what happened when Jesus was nailed to the cross. He became a curse and at the same time dissolved the curse. He became the curse. What are we to do? Recognize and understand that Jesus defeated the curse. The hard part's already been done, man. He defeated the hard part. We just gotta step into that place and take the lead. Let me go ahead and talk about what that looks like in the time that I have left. Again, reminding us that the curse from the first Adam was broken by the second Adam, Jesus. So spiritually, it's been broken. But in the natural, we need to walk it out. Let's look at what we need to do to take the lead in the natural. Number one, simply this, be a man. Be a man. Stop being a boy. Stop being a boy. Time to grow up. What do I mean by that? 1 Corinthians 13, 11 says this. When I was a child, I talked like a child, I thought like a child, I reasoned like a child. 
When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. You know what he's saying here? It's like, no more am I acting superior. No more am I subservient. No more am I irresponsible. No more am I immature. I'm going to be a man and take my place. Number two, take the lead. Take the lead. It's not asking you to be better. It's not asking you to dominate anything or anyone. If princes in Israel would take the lead, how? I'm going to give you some things to start doing today in the natural to take the lead because the spiritual already has been done by the second Adam. So here's some things to take the lead. Commit to a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Come on, man. It seems like the women are more spiritual because we haven't taken our place, but commit to a vibrant relationship with Jesus. Set your alarm and get up a few minutes early and pray. Take a few minutes before you go to bed at night and read a little bit of the scripture. You know what I think? I think every man in here should never let anybody else in their family out-worship God, them, out-worship them and God, worshiping God. Lead it, lead it. That, that moment today or the time we had today in worshiping God, men, take the lead. Have a vibrant, life-giving, not just go to church or through your wife. Men, have a personal, powerful relationship with Jesus Christ. Go for it. Number two, commit to the local church. Serve. That's where you get a chance to serve. Join the all-star team. You saw the announcement about the helps ministry out there. Be serving somewhere. Lead. Open men's small groups. Give. Commit to the local church. Number three, commit to accountable relationships with other Christian men. Commit to accountable relationships with other Christian men. And some men need to leave in this, lead rather, lead in this area. You need to be a small group leader. You have a wealth of things inside you that other men need to hear. We need to be a part of that. Some men need to lead these groups. Some men need to be in these groups. You need to be in these groups where you can say things you don't need any, you don't need to say in front of any of the ladies. That's just to be quite honest. We need men leading groups that other men can get in and say things that they can't say in front of ladies. And you younger men need to learn from the older men. So I'd say this to younger men. There's men, just, there's champions in this building, champions for God. You need to be looking at who they are that look like they're doing good in their marriage and doing good with their finances, doing good with their kids. And you need to ask them, can you mentor me? If you'll lead a group, I'll get 10 of my friends and we'll sit under you and help us become the men God's called us to be. That's how it works. We need to be accountable to each other. Amen. And some of you men that know what it is to walk through this stuff need to find some of these young men and say, hey, I'm going to start a group. I'd like for you and some of your friends to be in it. Come on, let's go. It says in Titus, the older men are to teach the younger men. It says the older women to teach the younger women. And older doesn't necessarily mean age-wise, although there is something about the Bible talks about the gray hair and honor that and season of wisdom experience. But when it says older, it also means older in the Lord. Older in the Lord. That if you're older in the Lord, you need to teach those younger in the Lord. Number four, commit to holiness. And holy, holy means to be set apart. Separate yourself from the things that you know aren't right. Separate yourself from those things that you know aren't right. But I already messed up. I'm talking about from today forward. I mean, who hasn't? I'm talking about from today forward. Jesus is taking care of your past. You be thinking about your today and your tomorrow. But from today forward, separate yourself. Men, oh my goodness, in today's world, we have got to purposely, intentionally separate ourselves from these things of this world. It's so much accessible to so much bad stuff. You have been purposely, intentionally need to set yourself apart. Commit to building a strong family, number five. 
Be a dad, be there, teach them, discipline and love. Take the lead spiritually. Build a strong family. That's what this whole series is about. Building a great family. Number six, I gotta keep going. Number six, commit to hard work. Commit to hard work. Let no one on the job be a better employee or outwork you. Not as a leader. Why? Because we work as under the Lord, the Bible says. I don't care if you don't like your boss. I don't care if you don't like your job. Be thankful you have one. And work harder than anybody else there. As unto the Lord. Be a leader. Lead by example. Uh, Number seven, last one. Commit to financial health. Be a tither. Lead your family with your giving. Lead with your generosity. Learn to manage your finances. Let God be your source and provider. Be a leader. Men, take the lead. But notice, notice in all this, everything starts with you. It's already been done spiritually. So start walking out naturally the things that we've discussed and watch. Because you know, because it's been done spiritually for you, you've already been given the power to walk it out naturally. Because not only was the curse broken, the Holy Spirit was provided to empower you to do these things naturally. Well, I just can't do that. No, you can't, not your own ability, but thank God for greater is he that's in me than he that's in this world. And the power of the Holy Spirit that came into my life when I accepted Jesus Christ not only broke the curse off my life, but empowered me to walk these things out naturally so I can take the lead and be who God's called me to be. The curse has been broken, so step out and be the leader God has called you to be. Take the lead. Every head bowed, every eye closed. My hope, my heart today was not to condemn or guilt or feel bad or put down. And I, and I hope that it came across, my heart came across. But was to encourage, inspire, and challenge men to take our place of leadership as God intended. To understand that spiritually the curse has been broken because of the work of Jesus on the cross. So walk in that. And then do the things that you know to do in the natural through the power of the Holy Spirit. And watch your world change. All those around you shout praise the Lord. We hope that you enjoyed this message. You can find more messages and information about Tree of Life Church at treeoflifechurch.org. We'd like to invite you to come visit us at 5513 IH35 South in New Braunfels, Texas, or you can watch us on live stream. Thank you again for listening.